You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCool CB, McCool BCB. I'll get that right eventually. The first time you've messed it up. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty impressed. I know. You're pulling double duty for us. You're working uh, with our friend John Owning, doing the Best Coast Boys podcast. Pulled you over for Lockdown Cowboys. How are you doing today, Landon? <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that I'm glad that I'm getting I'm getting relegated to guest host status again now because because uh, I'm on another podcast. I'm doing fine, Marcus. Thank you. It's not yeah, like John, I don't talk to you every day on this podcast. John and I are just competing for you. That's all. It's a, it's a little competition back and forth. All right. So coming up on today's show, we preview the Cowboys preseason game uh, against. Oh man, who are they even playing on 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 Saturday? The the, the Bengals, right? Yeah, the Bengals. Yeah, yeah. the Bengals. Man, it shows you. I'm I'm in full. <laughs> that just shows Raiders. you what kind of preview. What kind of preview this is gonna be. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm in full Raiders mode right now. Like I'm getting ready for that Raider Ram game next week or this week. So, uh, yeah. So we're gonna preview the Cowboys uh, preseason game <laughs> against the Bengals. But before you do, we do that. I just want to update you guys on some injury information. Uh, Wednesday's practice. Cow, 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 Cowboys in, injury yeah, cow, information, right? Yeah, you you're want, not gonna tell us about Raiders Khalil, Khalil Max or strained <laughs> hamstring or anything. Or, Come on, he's not in camp. Everybody, he's knows not that. even in camp. That's right. Uh, what am I talking about? Sorry. I know. All right, so give us the um, update on the Raiders, and then do the Cowboys. Okay. <laughs> uh, we need a locked on Raider podcast. I'll have to talk to David about that. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Cowboys had practice on Wednesday. It was their last full padded practice of training camp. Uh, it was a kind of a bloodbath for the defense. Uh, Leighton Vander Esch uh, hurt his groin. Uh, Jeff Heath, I, was it his ankle that he hurt? Yeah, I think it was his ankle. Yeah, it was his uh, mild ankle sprain. Tavon kind of tweaked his hamstring, and then Travis Frederick uh, mispracticed due to some stingers in his shoulders. It sounds like everything is okay there, but I wouldn't expect any of those guys uh, to play on Saturday. Obviously, the goal is to keep these guys healthy for the regular season. You know what Travis Frederick can do. You know what Jeff Heath can do. Of the four that mispractice, it's probably the most damaging to Van Der Esch just because he needs the reps. Uh, we haven't heard if he's in or out for Saturday, but my gut kind t- of tells me that they're going to take it really easy with him uh, and expect him back on the practice field next week. Uh, so for our preview today, we are going to pick out six different players that we are excited to see. Now, these are not uh, big-name players necessarily. None of these guys are starters. Uh, we just want to have you guys keep an eye on these guys. Most of the time, uh, these players are going to be playing into the second, third, fourth quarter um, so let's go ahead and start. The first guy that I want to talk about is running back Rod Smith. Uh, now, initially in the pre-show when I said this name, Rod Smith, uh, you kind of said, oh, th- this isn't a guy I was expecting to talk about because we've talked about him a lot on this podcast. Uh, and partly the reason why I want to see him more is last night was reviewing the tape from the Cowboys preseason game against the 49ers, and I was really impressed with Rod Smith's quickness. I went back and watched last season – uh, the Giants game, the Redskin game, the Raider game, just to see what Smith looked like then and kind of compare it. And he was noticeably quicker uh, in the first week of the preseason. I want to see if that carries over to this week. If he continues to play at the level that we saw him last week uh, against the, the, the 
49ers. I think they really need to find ways to get him on the field. So, uh, Landon, just give us your take on Smith and maybe what you have seen in camp so far from him. Well, just to go back, I actually was surprised that you wanted to talk about Rod because – uh, well, because the, the the topic that we're discussing is the guys we want to see some more in this game. Sure. Uh, and I I've seen enough of Rod. Like I, that's my my take, and that's that's what that's the reason I was kind of shocked, is because to me, after what I saw in the game, after what I've seen in training camp, I I, I I'm you know close to feeling not that you shut him down because obviously it's too early in the preseason, but I've seen enough to know that not only is he obviously running back to but I think he's good enough, and he's shown me enough quickness uh, that they need to be getting him on the field with the same time with Zeke, like you talked about. I, I and they, we've seen a little bit of it, but I just generally think that Rod Smith might, might be one of your most dangerous ball carriers on this team. You know, like I mean, just kind of all players considered. I, Could I just he be think, your second or third best weapon on offense? I I, I think I mean. I think he's in that conversation for okay. third, yeah, for third best probably, yeah. And I think if Tavon is what Tavon is, what we think Tavon is, then you know probably fourth or third, you know. But I think yeah, like I think, and and, and even now as I say that, like I don't even know the order of all those guys or who the third guy is. But I, yes, to answer your question, you know, outside of Zeke and that kind of grouping of of second or third best, you know, most dangerous playmaker with the ball in their hand, I think he's there. Um, so uh, that's why I think that they, again, should be trying to get uh, him some opportunities, even with Zeke on the field, because, you know, it'll be good for the team. Uh, I, I, you know, I think that in this preseason, for some people, like, and then, then once you and I talked about it some more, is that you, you've noticed just in the preseason game, how much quicker he's, he's noticed. And, and I'm realizing now that like, you know, I, I've been seeing it all training camp and been kind of talking about it and say, Hey, like Rod Smith looks really, really good. Like, but at the same time, it's kind of difficult. Cause you know, obviously we're trying to get Zeke more carries. We're trying to right. get you know, Zeke more touches. So the question then becomes like, how, how do we still do that and, and, and not take Zeke off the field? And, and, and to, like I said, to their credit, they've, they've made a, a, uh, an effort to you know, put them on the field at the same time at, at, at points, and, and I think that plus the the amount of of you know breathers that they are going to allow Zeke will, should give Rod a pretty good amount of carries. And again, the the best part part about that is that you're not you it's not if it, it, at least I, I don't feel like this year it's going to be as much of oh okay here's Morris. Now Zeke's off the field, like you know, and, every and third drive that, or whatever. Yeah, it is, yeah. And, and 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 I and, and being a little, like, okay, what can we do anything here? Like, I, I'll be excited to see what what Rod's gonna do, you know, because I I do think that he's he has that ability in this, you know, he's not Zeke, and I'm not trying to sell him as Zeke, but in the same way, like he can do everything well, um, and he has that quickness for a guy his size that is, you know punishing when he has the ball so i'm a huge rod smith fan i'm excited to see what he's gonna do this year uh and that's the only reason i didn't necessarily need to see more of him is because i'm i'm convinced and secure on in his role on the team let's really quickly just kind of talk about some ways they can get both zeke and rod smith on the field at the same time Uh, obviously both zeke and smith are really good receivers so you can use one out wide while one's in the backfield uh, we kind of talked about some of the old run and shoot offenses, the air raid offenses where they used 
two re, you know two backs in the backfield and three receivers. Uh, that's interesting because Rod Smith, obviously, we know he has a background uh, as a fullback. That's what he was here in Dallas when he started as a fullback. He could play H back. But if you remember back to Ohio State in like 2015, Ohio State used Zeke as a lead blocker, and a lot of times in their pistol. And they're spread offense, and Zeke absolutely loves blocking. I remember I, one of I remember one of his I interviews kinda, I, coming. Yeah. I was gonna say one I of his interviews coming Rod out of Ohio Smith State. Rod Smith did it too. Like I think yeah. Rod Smith did it at Ohio right. State as well. Yeah, exactly. Right. I remember in one of Zeke's interviews coming out of the draft, they asked him what his favorite thing to do on the football field is, and he said block. Uh, now, do you want him blocking 15, 20 times a game? Of course not. But that's just a different element that you can add in there if you would like. So, don't be surprised if they run. Uh, some 20 personnel. They run some uh, 21, or uh, sorry, 20, yeah, 21 personnel with both Zeke and Rod in the backfield. Uh, they, they call a lot it. Of combinations. They call it. They call it 21 pony. They, they actually called it out loud. I was standing there when they called it one time. They call it 21 pony, and uh, and when they called it, Rod Smith came into the, the made his way into the huddle doing a little fake. Uh, you know, genuine pony ride into the into the into the huddle. So, uh, you know, they they've already got a, a a personnel grouping named for it and everything. So, it's clearly something that they've thought about too. Is that a reference to uh, SMU when they had Eric Dickerson and Craig James? It could be. Yeah, I mean, I, I, that's the thing I thought about was uh, was 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 the, the old uh, SMU team that eventually. Got the uh, death penalty, right? Yeah, that, yeah. The same, yeah, the same group that basically put SMU down for a while. So, yeah, I, I, I would assume that is a reference to that. All right, let's pause and we'll take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll talk about Dayton Jones. All right, Landon, one of the guys that you are really interested in seeing in this next preseason game is defensive tackle Dayton Jones. Uh, why are you excited to see him? Well, it seems like you know. I mean, he he look. He obviously has. He's one of these Will McClay guys that has that that pedigree, right? I mean, he was a guy that in that old Parcells parlance of, uh, uh, well, somebody thought this guy could play football at some point. You know, he was a first round pick. He's bounced around a little bit, obviously, but I, I think that what I've what we've seen at training camp is that he's you know held his own. Uh, he hasn't really flashed in camp practices that I've noticed, though. He's also put up some pretty good fights against guys who, you know, don't usually lose reps like Zach Martin and uh, uh, Travis Frederick. So, uh, but then he gets into the game and he he's kind of making plays. You know, he's uh, he's he's in the backfield. He's disrupting. Uh, he had at least one tackle for a loss, if not multiple. Um, so my thought process here is uh, one of the things I talked about before the game, and this is something that I, I still encourage people to be on the lookout for, is and 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 actually somebody mentioned it on one of these uh, podcasts the other day of the on the mothership. It feels like more and more nowadays there are gamers. It, you know, this gen, these generation of athletes have gamers, guys who just really manage to turn it on specifically when the game. Uh, game starts uh, and maybe aren't the best practice players. Uh, it actually might have been Nate Newton who mentioned it. So, um, I, I, you know, I think that the, I'm on the lookout to see maybe if Dayton Jones isn't one of those guys. You know, like a guy who just isn't, uh, you know, the isn't as juiced as he is as as, as he is in the game. And, and obviously, right. Dak Prescott is someone that we've mentioned before as being sort of one of those guys. If Dayton Jones is actually a, a, a better defensive tackle than we've been seeing in practice, and, and if we're seeing that kind of 
play out of him, he could be really valuable to this team uh, beyond just these first four games of needing to survive without David Irving. Uh, he could be he could hang around after that and be an extremely valuable down roster rotational defensive tackle. Yeah, I think he's like the perfect third defense tackle on this team. Uh, you know, assuming Malik Collins comes back and maybe Jihad Ward is that one technique or whenever David Irving comes back, I think he's that perfect guy to maybe play a little bit of both those roles. Uh, I actually tweeted that out a couple weeks ago and Dayton was searching out his name one day and found it and he got a little upset about that. But I actually think that's a perfect role for him where he doesn't have to play the entire snap. He doesn't have to play every single rundown as a one technique. And you can rotate him in and get him 25, 30 snaps a game. I think that's when he is at his best. Um, let's go ahead and move to one of my guys. And actually, we can probably you know package these two together. Uh, Blake Jarwin and Rico Gathers. Uh, now, Jarwin ran with the first team last week. I believe he was the first person to catch a ball in the Cowboys preseason game on a little play-action boot. Uh, I'm interested to see if the Cowboys get him more involved in the offense this week. Um, you look at the tight end in the division with Jordan Reed, Evan Ingram, Zach Ertz. These aren't your traditional tight ends in the fact that they don't go down the field and make plays down the seam. Uh, they're not overly big guys. They're not above-the-rim type of players. Uh, they're not guys that you want to split out wide and throw fades to. Uh, neither of them, or none of the three, are, are good blockers. But I think Blake Jarwin has the, the chance to be that type of player, a guy that you want out in the slot that can get open from you know five to nine yards and make a play after the catch. I think in today's NFL, that's more important necessarily than a, a guy that can run down the scream, uh, down the seam, and you know take you know catch the ball and absorb contact. I just don't think that player is as valuable in today's NFL. So I'm just interested to see what Blake Jarwin can provide the Cowboys offense, maybe in this more up tempo, quick strike passing offense. So. Uh, what about Blake Jarwin have you saw in training camp? Are you excited to see him uh, on Saturday? Yeah, I mean, one of the things I think with Jarwin specifically uh, along those lines is that since we've seen him, you know, and, and to be clear, yes, he's he's running with the first team all the time and he has been all throughout training camp. Um, and mostly when he's out there and, and, and they'll put him out there in 12 personnel, uh, he's split out in the slot and he's out, uh, separated from formation, which is you know, I mean, you see that with the Cowboys, um, but at the same time, you know, it's it seems like there's been an uptick in the amount of tight ends split off from formation in twelve personnel, uh, and so I, I think it, it ends up looking more and more like the spread formation than uh, uh, you know an inline formation, and and even when they seem to run it, they run it where. Jarwin be, will be on the line of scrimmage in the slot, split out, not even in like a tight formation, like actually split out in the slot. And then uh, Swaim is actually off the line of scrimmage, uh, like in a wing formation, usually motioning uh, across from one side to the other to kind of maybe indicate either you know what the defense is or just to kind of better position him. Uh, so I think the answer to the question is I think obviously their use of tight ends is going to change a lot, and I think a lot of that has to do with Blake Jarwin's skill set. Um, you know, and to kind of roll that into Rico, I, I think that I think with Rico, you know, they're trying to figure out they obviously can. It's it's pretty clear to see that he has value as 
a uh, situational receiving tight end. I mean, he's not you know exceptionally smooth or quick or fast, but he is a big-bodied guy who will catch the ball. He can get vertical. Uh, he can use that body to shield off defenders to catch the ball, and that has value. And um, absolutely, uh, I think the, the the problem, of course, still remains though. How do you? get his skill set to a level that is actually useful enough to warrant a roster spot. And I think the way that you do that is, you know, you, you, you have to, the only, you have to improve his blocking. Like that's basically the bottom line because you either have to improve his blocking well enough that he can be a useful goal line and or situational block, you know, tight end who can do both blocking and receiving or you have to improve his blocking well enough so that you can use put him on a special team or two and thereby justify his you know roster spot that way. Either has way, improved? has it improved in the last two years? I, I, I mean, I, I, yeah, I think it has to a certain degree, but I think that it's also we haven't seen a ton of it. Like so, I, I think that part of the issue, and that's again why I want to see him, is that I feel like I just need to see more and more of his blocking because I just I I don't blocking is such a thing that like especially a tight end, you're asked to block all types of different guys, whether you're, whether it's a defensive end or a linebacker or a safety, you know, I mean, like, and, and, and pass blocking versus run blocking. Like, I don't need to see Rico pass block, really. I just need to see if he can, can he make a cutoff block in a wide zone going the other way? Can he, I, I, I mean, that's the minimum, you know? Like, I mean, I, I don't expect him to be a point of attack blocker at this point, but I'd like to at least see what it looks like when he is the point of attack blocker, you know? So I, I all those kind of, there's so many different blocks you have to execute as a tight end. I'd like to see a couple more of them before I feel even, you know, emoticon better about making a judgment of whether or not I think he should make this team. Yeah, I think Rico is a guy that should play like the entire second half this week because, first of all, you want to find out if he can play or not and if he can make the roster. And if he can't, you want him to showcase maybe enough that, hey, if he does, there's not a spot on this roster, well, maybe we can trade you and get something of value from him. So he's one of these guys. I don't need to see Jeff Swain at all past the first couple drives of the game. I do want to see Jarwin. And I think you can just run Rico and, and Schultz the entire second half of the game and let's see what happens. So, yeah, I agree. Rico is a guy that needs to have a really good camp, a really good uh, preseason game on Saturday. Uh, let's move to linebacker. Like we mentioned at the, at the beginning of the show, Leighton Van Der Esch probably won't play on Saturday. Uh, like They're probably going to take it really slow with him. So that means there could be more snaps open for Joe Thomas. Now, Sean Lee is going to play. Jalen Smith is going to be the team's middle linebacker which leaves a bunch of snaps open for Joe Thomas and probably Justin March Lillard uh, in the second half. I want to see if Joe Thomas can continue to play at the level that we saw last week against the 49ers because the Thomas that we saw in that game can play on this defense. And I actually think he played well enough that you might want to start getting him snaps somewhere in nickel packages, whether that's making Jalen Smith more of a blitzer or maybe taking Sean Lee off the field in certain situations to give him a break. Joe Thomas can absolutely play in passing situations, uh, and I just want to see more of that going forward. So what what did you see from Thomas in training camp uh, and in the preseason? Maybe, And what are your thoughts about him going forward? I've, I mean, I've been a huge fan of the Joe Thomas signing since they signed him. I mean, I thought that he played great in Green Bay. I mean, I remember watching him against the Cowboys and him playing great. Um, and, and not even just last year, but the last two years, it feels like, I, like yeah. he – 
Yeah, he played well against the Cowboys. I so, remember our friend uh, Justice Mosqueda said that he's he was their best linebacker last year. I mean, th- I don't really, doubt it. There's really no doubt about it that he was their best overall linebacker. Uh, you know, and the thing is, is that I, I it was great to hear because I've also been saying this is that I think he's an improvement on Anthony Hitchens, uh, and maybe you know, and, and Broadus I think mentioned that yesterday, and uh, and he was talking about specifically at the will position. Uh, which, you know, that's fair. I mean, obviously, maybe yeah. Hitches might be a better Mike, but I think that Jalen Smith is a better Mike than Hitchens is now. So I, I think we've, you know, despite all the hand-wringing of losing Hitchens, our, our linebacker core is infinitely better than it was last year. Uh, and I think Joe Thomas' signing is a huge part of that because I do think he is very capable. Um, you know, not to steal his thunder there, but I also want to mention Chris Covington because this is going to be his opportunity to, to finally get on the field and show us something. And he was a draft pick, uh, another guy that there. So, I mean, again, they've got a lot of talent, this linebacker spot. Uh, Joe Thomas is also a guy who I feel like uh, has pretty well secured not only his his – uh, spot on the team, but his position on the team, you know, as the, that, you know, probably backup will potentially vying for a uh, uh, spot on the nickel, starting nickel, you know, until, you know, or, you know, at least getting rotational snaps there. Um, so uh, I think, uh, yeah, Joe Thomas is a guy I've, I've been excited about, and, and none of what we've seen in the preseason has tempered any of that excitement. In fact, it's increased it. And our final guy that I want to talk about is cornerback Marquez White uh, has had a really, really quiet camp so far. And that might be due to, you know, a lot of the younger players, uh, Byron Jones, W. Wouzier, uh, taking some of that praise. But Marquez White, he is in a battle to make this roster. There may not be a roster spot open for him right now, uh, as you have four cornerbacks you really like. Um, obviously, they have some young guys that they like in Cameron Kelly uh, and Javarius Ward and uh, Donovan Alumba. What have you seen from Marquez White in camp, and why are you looking forward to him uh, on Saturday? I, I'm a big believer in Marquez White because, A, I think he fits what they really want out of these young defensive backs. Um, and I, you know, uh, I think he's been steady. I don't think he's been. Uh, you know, I've just seen him make a play here or there, uh, but I, I tend to believe in the long run that he's going to end up being uh, more of a player. Uh, Tredavious Ward has come out here and you know really shown some things um, uh, as a as a you know another down roster cornerback. But I, I, to me, I, I think Marquez White uh, has the like I said the skill set. Uh, the length, the quickness combined with that, and just the body control to be a great boundary corner. Um, but I got to see something. You know, I got to see something in these games. And uh, I think, you know, this will be a great opportunity for him uh, to kind of make himself stand out because I think, you know, you've seen Ward have a really good practice. He got some picks. Uh, Duke Thomas is kind of well known from last year and from the way he was. Uh, it's time for White to kind of make his move now and, and to get himself into this competition because I, I definitely think he has the the requisite talent to, to make this roster. It's just he needs to start making some plays. All right, and that's it for today's preview. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Locked on Cowboys. I'm at Marcus underscore Moser. Enjoy the game. We will be back on Monday to break it down. We'll talk to you guys then.